Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. Welcome to the lift. Get ready to take a ride. <laughs> tweet, tweet! Are you a birdie? Do you like to Twitter and tweet? Come find us on Twitter at Victoria's Lift. Tweet, tweet! Hello, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 11 of Victoria's Lift. I'm Daniel Foytek, and I thank you for listening. We've been on a bit of an extended hiatus, due to me being in hospital for a few days at the end of July, and then for two unplanned surgeries in September. So, most of September. I'm sorry we've been away for so long, but I am excited to have you along for another ride with Victoria. We hope you're all safe, healthy, and taking care of each other with kindness. As Victoria always demonstrates to her visitors, your choice has far-reaching consequences. And we hope you'll choose kindness and hope. As always, before we get started today, a big thank you to those of you who are supporting the show. Without you, this show would not be possible. On behalf of our authors and everyone else involved in making the show, a sincere thank you for your support of this show and of independent horror fiction. If you're not already supporting the show, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Victoria's Lift. Thank you to those who took the time to rate us five stars and write a short review for us on iTunes. Your ratings do help others find the show, and we love hearing from you. Victoria wanted me to remind you that our first written anthology, The Lift, Nine Stories of Transformation, is available for you to own. The book also features beautiful cover art and illustrations by Jeanette Andromeda. It's a fantastic collection, and we know you'll want to add all nine stories contained within to your own building. Get yours now at victoriaslift.com forward slash read. Today's episode features our first multi-episode story and features a story written by me, which was inspired in part by my trip to Germany in 2019. Bringing the story to life are Graham Rowett, Erica Sanderson, Pierce O'Byrne, and of course, Amber Collins as our girl, Victoria. Part 2 is planned for November, so stay tuned. The tale is accompanied by a custom score written by our resident composer, Nico Viteze, of We Talk of Dreams. If you enjoy the story, you can find more of my work here and on Amazon. Now, hold on tight, and let's go for a dark ride on Victoria's Lift. lost so much. My name is Victoria. I am bound to this place, charged with guiding those who must choose. Don't be afraid. I can never again be the little girl I was. Will you accept your fate? I have my music box and a library lost, but I sometimes feel very alone. Won't you join me? 
It's time for your ride on the lift. <laughs> Don't be afraid. The woman was back again. Victoria tapped her foot and frowned. As with the last time the stranger had appeared, standing outside her building, Victoria felt an odd familiarity, as if she should know who this woman was. As she often did, she spoke to her music box. I'm certain I haven't met her before. Well, yes, we have seen her once before, but we haven't met her. We only meet those who are supposed to be here. She's, well, it seems she's found us. And that shouldn't be possible now, should it? Victoria found herself cross and confused. She loved a good mystery, and surprises almost always delighted her. But this was different. It was, well, it was unnatural. Nothing was really what one might call natural when it came to her building or her music box, or her lift, or, well, herself, really, if she was being honest. But this, well, this was more unnatural than normal. She giggled a bit, despite her frustration. <laughs> People don't find us. We find them. No one came to this building uninvited. All visitors were called here for one reason or another. Yet there the woman stood in the dim light from the street lamp, an anomaly. The woman was looking right at Victoria, calling out and waving her hands. Victoria couldn't hear her through the glass of the second-floor window, but the woman was agitated and trying her best to get Victoria's attention. She kept pointing to herself and then to the building. Yes, yes, I know you want in. This is all very peculiar indeed. Victoria chewed her lip and considered the situation. Like so many of her visitors, she had a choice. Acknowledge the woman or ignore her. Well, I suppose that's really no choice at all. I certainly can't leave her out here in the dark calling for help. Now, that's not exactly true, you know. The building decided to take us elsewhere before I could let her in last time. Well, yes. I suppose I did ponder the situation too long last time, but this time, we'll figure it out. She turned on her heels, and just like the last time the woman had appeared, everything shifted, and the building took her away to help a visitor that had been called. The day had been a busy one, as it always was when a visitor came. The music box tinkled for Victoria, lulling her eyelids closed only to have them pop open when she thought of the mysterious woman from before. The music box continued its tune without disturbance, and Victoria snuggled into her pillow. Sleep crept over her once more, but the mystery would not give up so easily. Who was that woman? The music box never wavered, and eventually even that mystery couldn't keep her awake, and she drifted off. The sensation was light, like a gentle tap on the shoulder, but it was enough to awaken Victoria. This wasn't the first time she'd been pulled from slumber by this feeling lately, but this time was different. She had a picture in her mind of a dark figure putting 
something to his lips. She struggled to look more closely and understand who or what it was. The visions were clearer and more detailed each time they came, but she could only see so much before the buzzing in her ears became a painful headache. Victoria sat up and pinched the bridge of her nose against the sensation. Ugh. Uh, it's happening again. Very unpleasant. What's about to follow is very troubling indeed. The pain intensified, and she closed her eyes and winced. Ugh. Then the vision came, just as it had the last several times. In this one, she saw a small boy who, like all the others, was near the age she herself had been when she became what she was now. The boy was walking through a doorway into a bright, moonlit clearing, his eyes filled with wonder as he stepped forward, and then the vision was gone. He was gone, and the pain subsided. Oh dear, another one. The nightgown felt strange. She was used to cotton, satin, and silk, but this was something else entirely. It was itchy, and her skin prickled with a million electric ants as she focused on being fully solid. It took a lot of energy and concentration, and Victoria wasn't used to the sensation. She fidgeted and looked down at the image of a smiling cartoon bear on her tummy, who in turn had a rainbow on its tummy. Children wore such odd clothing these days. But she had to admit she liked the character, something called a caring bear, if she remembered correctly. She looked in the full-length mirror at the auburn ringlets and spray of freckles across her nose and cheeks. The appearance she had taken on made her look nothing like herself, but whether she could fool him, well, that was yet to be seen. Victoria chewed her lip and looked at the girl on the bed whose virtual twin she had become. Are you sure it will work? Well, that's hardly reassuring. Are you sure you can keep her asleep when he calls to her? The pain came hard and fast this time. It spread from the spot just above her nose and quickly radiated out until Victoria's whole head was throbbing and her eyes watered. <laughs> well, it seems as though we're about to find out. The closet door rattled frantically in its jam and then settled into silence. A bright light throbbed along the edge of the door, alternating from deep crimson to bright amber, and a haunting melody played. The slumbering girl stirred. She kicked off her blanket and sheets and reached out for the door. The music box played louder, doubling down on the lullaby. The air around the box rippled and wavered, and a cello, a viola, and a pair of violins joined the melody. Well, you're full of surprises, aren't you? The closet door swung open, and Victoria cast a longing glance at her music box, her constant companion for longer than she cared to think about, and stepped through the doorway. The man leaned forward as he played. His eyes were closed in concentration, but shot open as a surprisingly odd sensation ran down his fingers, and he nearly stopped playing. But that would have shut the portal, so he ignored the feeling and continued to play. It wasn't quite a vibration, and not quite a sting, but a little of both, and really, not quite either. 
He felt rather than heard a tinkling melody similar to the one he had been playing. But the portal closed, and it was gone. For just a moment, though, he sensed, through his connection to the flute, that it recognized and feared whatever played that tinkling melody. Well, that was strange, was it not, old friend? I've not felt that from you before. What is it? The flute was unusually silent. While it could not, of course, play without him, normally when he asked it a question, it would guide his fingers and respond. This time it said nothing. Of course, he really didn't need its response to know something was off. He felt it too. It wasn't just the music. Something was unique about this child who had crossed into the eternal now. Her energy felt different somehow. The others sustained him, but this one, she was special. She might be the one he'd been looking for all these years. Perhaps, finally, it could stop. The grass was warm and soft under Victoria's feet. The scent of the trees and blossoms was rich and redolent of summer, and she found it intoxicating. Hard to think. Hard to remember who she was and what she was doing here. The moon was bright and huge. Gleaming white flowers lining a dark stone pathway swayed hypnotically in a gentle breeze, beckoning her to follow it into the forest. She paused for a moment and sighed. It was so lovely here. All she needed to do was follow the pathway, and she was sure magical things awaited. The trees whispered to her on the breeze as the flowers lining the path sang a soft, ethereal melody. Come along, our child. Come see the things that wait for you. Everything you ever wished or release. So many things to see. Such tasty treats. So many friends to meet, so many fun games to play. Some part of her was screaming that this wasn't why she was here, that she had a purpose here, something she needed to do, but it was hard to focus with the whispering trees and the soft light of the moon and the scent of the lovely little flowers. Victoria smiled and started down the path through the clearing and into the deep, dark woods. Jeremy huddled in the dark within the small cage. He sat on the rough floor, hugging his knees close to his chest, rocking back and forth. His face was streaked with dried tears, but he no longer had the energy to cry. He couldn't recall how long he had been in this place. Time had no meaning in the darkness, but it wasn't at all what the trees had promised. Certainly many other children his age were here. He could make them out in the dim light all confined as he was in small cages that went on as far as he could see before disappearing into the darkness. He could hear many more caged children than he could see, though, some crying, some whimpering softly, and others calling out for their parents. All Jeremy knew for sure was that there were a lot of them. A new girl walked forward in a daze and stepped into the open cage beside his she turned and sat down on the hard stone floor as the door to her cage clanged shut. What? Jeremy turned to her and watched as the blank stare fell from her face, and she gasped, and her eyes widened as her head swung back and forth, taking in her prison. This is... The girl frowned and stood. 
She walked toward the door of her cage and examined it before giving it a rattle. She sighed, then walked to the interior of her confinement, examining the metal bars, before finally kneeling to inspect the bottom of the enclosure. <sighs> Bolted to the ground and quite unmovable. She stood and surveyed the vast space where she and the hundreds of others were held. <gasps> oh dear, this is... this is monstrous. The girl looked at Jeremy and gripped the bars of her cage. Hello. Jeremy stood and did his best to brush the dirt from the knees of his blue plaid pants and smooth out the wrinkles on his stained and threadbare t-shirt, which had been white when he arrived. He walked to the edge of his cage and observed the girl. She was petite, with red hair and freckles, and she wore a nightgown that featured a pink bear with a rainbow on his tummy. He recognized it as the Care Bear, Cheer Bear. His sister had them all over her room when she was younger. Hi. My name is Victoria. What's yours? I'm Jeremy. Do you know where we are? What this place is? Jeremy shook his head. The girl was about the same age as he, but something about the way she spoke and stood made her seem more like a grown-up. That's okay. I'll get this all sorted. Have you been here long? I... I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it's been very long, but other times it seems like I just got here. I can't really explain it. I remember there being another girl in your cage before you. She was already here when I came here, but then one day she just seemed to fade away. I feel like she and I knew each other for a very long time, but also no time at all. It is a very odd place indeed. I can feel something. Strange. About the way time moves here. Do you remember the last time you had food or water? I don't. Now that you say that, it, it's weird. I don't remember eating anything in a long time. But I'm not hungry. Victoria nodded. Did you come here through your closet door? Yes, I remember that. There was music, like, like a flute coming from my closet. I opened the door and I was outside. The moon was really big and there were trees and flowers and a forest. The trees told me that there was a special place with lots of friends for me. The rest is kind of foggy. I just remember waking up here. And the rest of the children? Were they here when you got here too? Some were. But others kept showing up. As if on cue, the shuffling of small feet made them both turn and watch as a sandy-haired boy with a dazed look on his face approached and shuffled between their pens before stepping into an empty cage two rows away. Victoria set her jaw and her eyes narrowed. This must stop. I'm getting us all out of here. The man's fingers twitched and he reached for the flute. She's not what she seems. The others, yes, they sustain us. They have the spark that sets them apart. But this one? Oh, I can taste the years upon her. She is unique. Yes, I feel that too. It's familiar. Something I can't quite place, but as long as she's caged, I think she can do little harm. 
Yes, but it's become so hard to find ones with the spark. They are rare indeed anymore. She could be the one we've been looking for. The man took his long coat from a hook. He held it out at arm's length and considered the faded red and yellow fabric for a moment. He had mended it so many times over the years. The patchwork of red and yellow squares followed the same pattern it had when it was new and fine, but he had replaced nearly every one of them at this point. Was it even the same coat? Probably not. But then, he wasn't the same man he had been when he washed up on that strange island shore and found the flute. He shook his head and let the memories fall away. He slipped on his coat and moved to the ancient wooden door that was the only exit from the small room where he spent most of his time. The door was connected to so many others, different times, different places, and all he needed to access them was his beloved flute, Auron Nagihe as the Maker had named her. She was but one of the special keys the Maker had crafted, but she was his. They'd been together for centuries now, and he couldn't imagine being without her. His fingers brought her to his lips, and the music came. The door shimmered, and light danced around its edges before it opened, and he stepped into the in-between place, the eternal now. The moon shone large in the star-filled sky, diamonds cast on a great black velvet curtain. He strolled along the path, breathing deeply the sense of what looked to any observer to be simply flowers and trees. But like so many other things in this place, they were more than they appeared. They bowed slightly towards him as he passed, and he felt their hunger and their reverence. He kept these creatures fed, and they in turn kept the children docile and bemused as they led them to the great chamber. He rounded a curve in the path, and the cave opening gaped before him. It had been many years since he had entered the vast cavern, but the girl warranted a closer inspection. He needed to be sure she was who and what he suspected. The whimpering died away, and the children fell silent as the piper entered. He always expected them to call out to him, to beg him to release them, to plead with him like those first 130 from Hamlin had, but they were always silent. It was becoming ever harder to find ones who could sustain him. Back when he had taken those first out of spite and anger, it changed him. In those days, nearly every child had the spark. Now, even in the few who did have it, it was barely a glimmer. He pulled them from so many times and places but there were fewer every year. He stopped in front of her cage and stared at her. She didn't look any different than the others. A frail thing with auburn hair and freckles, but the way she stood and set her chin as he approached. Yes, there was fire in this one. She was most certainly more than she seemed. He leaned forward for a closer inspection and rested his hands on his knees. A suspicion began to take hold. He could sense a lingering energy coming from her. The flute's reaction made sense now. He grinned slowly and stood tall. Hello, child. The girl glared at him. Cat got your tongue, young one. <laughs> my cat has many things, but my tongue is not among them. One angry one, are we? 
putting children in cages tends to have that effect on me. Well, I sense you're not used to being confined in such a manner. Well, then step free. Guide. He watched as some of the fire went out of the girl's face, but she continued to glare at him. <laughs> yes, I know who you are, but where is Orana Masego? I can taste her lingering energy on you. How? <laughs> How could you know her? No one knows my music box's true name. I see I have you at a disadvantage in more ways than one. Well then, let's have a good look at you. Shall we? The piper brought the flute to his lips and played an ancient Celtic tune, something quite similar to some of the songs Victoria's music box played when she was otherwise occupied with reading, daydreaming, or falling asleep. Those tunes had always been a source of comfort to her, but hearing one so similar come from the flute of the strange, evil man filled her with dread. She dropped to her knees as a great dizziness overcame her, and her disguise fell away. The piper continued to play, and her dizziness grew. She watched as her arms and hands faded and fluttered. She flickered between the way she normally appeared and the other ancient form she sometimes took, her arms dark and surrounded by a green nimbus of light. When she looked up at the piper, the two brilliant orbs of the green fire reflected back at her from the metal bars of her cage. But that fire slowly ebbed, and she became fully solid. Once again, just a little girl in a purple dress with lace ruffles. Ah, there you are. He circled her cage, considering her. Quite weak without her, aren't you? Mm. But you are full of time. I can taste it. You've lived so long. The years, they're a jumbled mess within you. You've crossed your own timeline so many times. He played the flute again, a fast, excited tune that started and stopped abruptly. For the first time in a very long time, Victoria was afraid. You've been to other possible winds, so many of them. You're going to be absolutely delicious. Again came a barrage of notes. A song more beautiful than any Victoria had ever heard. But each note tugged at her. While she remained motionless, something within her was being wrenched free. It was as if his melody was playing cat's cradle with the very essence of her. All that she ever had been and ever would be was being twisted pulled and anchored to every point in time she had ever visited. A blast of green light exploded outward from her, and she screamed.
lift. Please tell me by writing a short review of the show in iTunes and leaving me some gold stars. It helps others to find their way here too. I like gold stars. Can I have lots? Pretty please? Leave me stars and reviews at itunes.victoriaslift.com. <laughs>